Welcome, you're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. And we're back. We are back. You can say it, Nikki. Hi, we're back. Hey, you noticed that. Normally, welcome back to the rest of the sermon. Uh, Usually, it's either uh, Pastor Jason and a guest or myself and Pastor Jason and a guest. Today, we have our third staff member on crew with us here in the podcast room of Smart Marketing. Nikki, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Remind everybody what you do again for people who don't know. Which title, which role, what do you do, what do you love? Gotcha. So, I am unofficially the Kid Wrangler. Officially, I am the... Family director. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I get to hang out with the small people and teach the little bitties about Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Little bitties. Super awesome. Well, I thanks thanks for joining us today. We were all together this past weekend hanging out uh, with our Grace family down at Summit 2022, January 23rd, a day to not be forgotten and forever remembered. Yeah. It was an awesome, awesome time. We got a chance to go down and hang out with our Grace family, bring a bunch of our volunteers, our, our leaders, our board members, the staff. We all got to go down, receive some training and also just have a time of like refreshment and encouragement, man. It was yes. awesome. Yes. It was a really, really wonderful time. So we thought what we'd like to do today for the rest of the sermon, uh, first of all, if you joined us online or in our chapel last week, thank you for worshiping with us in that yes. pre-recorded service. Yeah. Thanks for coming and, and hanging out and seeing one another. Um, and we are actually going to maybe press pause on expounding on last week's sermon. And this week, we kind of want to unpack what our experience was like at Summit, what our purpose was there and how all of that went down. So uh, before we get into that, I'm going to read from Joel chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 25 through 29, and then we'll kind of get into uh, why that was sort of the thrust of the weekend. Joel chapter 2. If you have trouble getting there, there's an index in the front of your Bible, uh, and if you don't know what it is after, it's after Hosea. It's Um, where all the pages are stuck together. the sticky Mm -hmm. pages, as my youth pastor once said. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Thanks be to God for his word. Mm -hmm. So we were in Summit this past weekend, and Summit is a part of our Grace family of churches. It's essentially a time where we get together and we get to receive training. We get to hear some encouraging words and some direction from the scriptures about how to move forward this year. And really, it was the first time that we had an opportunity as a church to really go and experience this together, the Grace family together. Um, uh, For the past eight months, I think we've been part of the Grace family, and this was the first time in the last eight months that we've had a chance to sort of share that with our people in terms of actually being there. So that's been really good. So the first question I want to ask is, was this your guys' first time in Atlanta? And if not, when was it? Well, with the Grace part, yes. In Atlanta, as a kid, we would always travel and 
Atlanta was a spot that you guys would go to when you were kids? Well, it was a pause on the way to my aunt and uncle's in okay. Florida. So that was kind of like, oh, we're at Atlanta. So Almost summer trips? to the beat. Yeah. yeah. So what would you do when you guys would stop in Atlanta? You'd usually stay at a really swanky, like cheap. I don't even think this hotel chain is in anymore. <laughs> swanky. Swan- yeah, it was like, yeah. yeah. Stop, sleep, you know, pick up, hit a restaurant. Uh, Chick-fil-A was like something as a kid that yep. wasn't like it is now. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. That, That's awesome. Yeah, those memories came flooding back nice. quickly. That's good. That's really cool. Jason, yeah. This was, I know this wasn't your first time in Atlanta, but when was? Yeah, so I'd done there. I'd been there previously with some gray stuff, but I had never spent time in any part of Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta had one person summarized it great. They were like, it's good to be in Atlanta because Atlanta is always the place to avoid on the way to Florida, <laughs> is what they said. And... I attest to that. We were taking a group of kids years ago. We had a caravan, and we were in Atlanta traffic, and we were still on the highway for an hour and 30 minutes because there was a horrible wreck that took place. Five-lane highway. and Oh, man. So, yeah, growing up, I would say that Atlanta was on the way. I had never been in the heart of the city until the past couple of years, and I love just the culture, the hip-hop culture. One thing I do have to say is right across the street from the church oh. was T.I.'s Trap House Museum. Yeah. He's a rapper, and it was awesome. And it was thumping, and I, wa- <laughs> and I wanted to be in that party. <laughs> Big time. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, my first time in Atlanta was, I think, uh, Pentecost uh, when we went out last yep. uh, last Pentecost. And uh, what was it? May? Uh, May? May or June? June, I, uh, June, I think, I think June, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went out there, and that was super great. But this was kind of our first time really experiencing, like, exploring Atlanta, being downtown, and being in an area where the, the cultural melting pot really is more evident than sort of some of the suburbs on the outside of Atlanta. Absolutely. It was really, really awesome. What was one thing um, just about Atlanta that you guys liked? Like, summit aside, just being in Atlanta, what was something that you liked about that culture, about that city? I loved um, seeing little drops of the hip-hop culture yeah, all the way to the point of I loved sitting in the lobby, talking with everybody and hanging out, but I would watch the people that would pull up and their tennis shoes were on yeah. point. I saw some of the best, like some shoes that are really expensive and really rare that yeah. I've never seen in person, guys are just wearing on their feet. <laughs> so I just loved the culture and then the the customer service everywhere we went yeah in the hotel in the restaurants was top notch yeah so shout out to atlanta for yeah. sure let's go atlanta i totally missed the shoe game yep that's i know surprising to everybody that yeah. the hip-hop culture didn't yes. jump out at me either um, but i do think you nailed it the politeness southern yeah. hospitality yeah. yep is real and alive and atlanta did it well yeah. amen yeah. amen that's super awesome we uh I, I have two moments that i remember that i really love number one went out to eat uh and saw a, a live musician like just a few seats from us played some acoustic stuff the guy played sultans of swing and bled it right into layla nice oh, Cream, wow. I guess, yeah. layla. and I turned around, I was like, dude, what's your name? I've got to like shout you out on social media or something. So that was really cool. And the food there was great. And then uh, the next day before we went to Marietta for church, we uh, stopped at a Panera that was like right across the street from the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I got out to like pay for parking and I just hit pay the $2 for an hour. And this guy is walking by me. He's like, hey, bro, it's Sunday. You don't got to pay for parking. Nice. And I was like, 
well, they already got my money, but dude, that was so cool of you to like yeah. walk by a complete stranger and be like, bro, don't, don't give yeah. them your money. It's Sunday. Wow, the Lord's day. Yeah, yeah. so I have, hospitality was, was a super awesome thing. Well, let's shift to Grace. Let's shift to Summit and talk about um, that environment. But first, let's talk about Grace as a whole. Nikki, this was your first time really kind of yeah. being around the Grace family as a whole. What, what did you think about that? What did you think about Grace? So I compared it to um, when explaining it to my husband and son when we got home. Kind of like when you are newly married and you've met the family and you've met the grandma and grandpa and even some of the close aunt and uncles, but then you go to that first extended family reunion yeah, yeah, and you see, you know, Uncle Carl and Aunt Rita's over here and all the other people that you've heard stories of, but you don't know. Aunt yeah. Rita. Yeah. Aunt, everyone's got an aunt. I love like, it. Feel. But it was like going into that and then you're sitting there and you're at this like family reunion and you're. Instead of wondering, like, what did I just marry into? Who are these crazies? It was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yep. Yeah. I yep. like these people. We can we can, we can, can get out here and do some cornhole or yes. whatever. We're going to have a good time with these people. Yes. It's good. Yes. And that That's was cool. my big, you know, like, That's awesome. coming into that new, because it can be awkward and Absolutely. weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. And it was none of those things. Yeah. Good. That, that would be a huge takeaway for me too, just being around Grace. I, I know that uh, with Pentecost and all staff and all of that, we've been a couple times before. But uh, first of all, new location at Midtown, being down there in that in that environment was really awesome. Um, but just the overall welcome, like that same hospitality that we were talking about mm-hmm. Atlanta was like to the nth degree with Grace. Everyone was so welcoming. Everyone was so loving and curious to ask questions about who you are, where you're from. A lot of them knew who we were. Like, yeah. They would be like, oh, like I, I know your pastor, Pastor Jason, and you're the worship guy and your whole crew is here. Like asking questions about our family and someone along the line heard word about my vocal cord cyst thing and they were asking about that. It was just really refreshing and really encouraging to come into this extended family yeah. that's so far away and feel right at home. Yeah. That I was really that was something for me. What about you, Jason? Um, yeah, man, I had zero expectations going into the weekend because I was so excited for everybody else to experience everything. So yeah. I was, I mean, going in, I had told myself, just sit back and watch everybody get to enjoy. Yeah. And so that's a hundred percent. I would say family reunion is the word that I used, um, yeah. a, a, you know, multiple, multiple times because it had been such a journey for us as Westside over the years to find a family and be a part of a network. And so fun celebration excitement all of that stuff that's awesome that's awesome well let's talk let's talk about the first session in the morning yeah um, when we got there on saturday we had uh, an awesome time where we were led through sort of a little bit of the beginnings of the romans road but kind of talking about our righteousness and justification god's glory and all of that stuff and and really i loved the layout of of that morning because it was five to seven minutes from one of the pastors of a grace church expounding on a passage of scripture and then we celebrated in song and yeah. we read scripture or prayer aloud together and we did that on and off for the better part of an hour yeah they said stall set it up the goal was to look at the different facets of the gospel yeah. if the gospel is a single diamond you shine light through a diamond you get multiple colors yeah and so a lot of times we think the gospel is you know you need to be forgiven you need to be forgiven but it like expands into yeah. all of this stuff so they use the book of romans to kind of show each side of the gospel is really yeah, cool. It was really, really awesome. That was a time that really resonated for me. Nikki, did that impact you that first session? Like in what way? What did you notice? What did you feel? 
Well, like the messages were all done and like we joined the Grace family of churches. So yeah. it's not we didn't just partner up with another church. Right. We're one of ten. Yeah. So yeah. hearing I mean, we I've learned this and those that listen to Jason regularly will understand this. We have become kind of spoiled to his message and the way Jason delivers it. You hear things differently when it's spoken in a different voice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I had a really cool moment when my daughter leaned over and said, hey, I wonder if that guy has a podcast or yeah. something. Dad would really like him. That's cool. Yeah. And just hearing that, yes, the message was delivered through different voices who have different takeaways. Yes. But it's still the same family. Yes. Yeah. That it's still centered back to the same, hey, it's still Jesus. This is still our job, our roles, who we are in him. Yep. That it was very just easy to participate in that and not get hung up in the, well, I've never heard this person speak before. Who right. are they? Sure. Yeah. Do sure. I like this song? Well, yep. this setup's different from, it was just, just a cold speaker, just no, a new, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was very familial. It That's was good. very good for that. Yeah. It's really good. What about you, man? Jason, you got a chance to speak. You were one yeah. of the speakers being a, being a grace pastor. Yeah. Getting to get up there and talk about justificario, justification. Yeah. Tell it, us about that. It was fun, man. I think I enjoyed the time leading up to that. Like, to see something executed so well, yeah. um, that was like three months of preparation before that event took place. So um, doing the Zoom calls with the different pastors, hey, here's what the text is saying to me, here's what I'm thinking. And so we were very structured in the time and, and what we needed, though, it's very funny, shout out to Stalls, in the rehearsal, everybody nailed their time. It was perfect. <laughs> Stalls took like an extra seven minutes <laughs> and the uh, producer, service producer came up to me and goes, hey, um, so Stalls really went over on time. Um, just kind of have that in mind. And I was like, oh, great. But to see that executed and the months and weeks of preparation leading up. I felt that it was the perfect structure or the perfect blend of structure and spirit. It yeah. was very, yeah. this is a time limit. This is what we're doing. And then you can't practice the response time. Right. So like the, you know, the worship team knew what they were going to do and the song they were going to sing, but how that message went over in the room we, you can't practice that. Right. And so having that come together in the moment was just yeah. Awesome. It was a ton of fun, man. Yeah. You're also wearing your Air Ones. Yes, I was. Those were looking good. Yes, I was. Those were looking good. I, lo I loved the that first session, um, just the way that, and you talked about this a little bit, there was a structure to it and there was a rigidity, but there was also uh, an organic space and time that uh, time that was taken, whether it was 30 seconds to two minutes to open up the room for people to maybe maybe run from the screen a little bit in the lyrics and sing their own song in response to Joel chapter two and all of the, all of everything we've heard from Romans and all of the pastors. And that was, that was a monumental thing for me to see, to see this engaging moment where people are invited to participate and they're actively participating. Uh, and, and it's not just kind of off on an eight minute tangent that yep. no one really has a direction. There was yep. structure, there was, it was organic, it was a beautiful time. It was really, really awesome. Yeah. Well, following that, uh, we did some we did some lunch and some breakout sessions. Yep. Uh, which breakout sessions did you guys go to um, and why, and what'd you draw from it? 
Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Oh, so I went to um, growing into being a leader that others want to follow. Yeah. Like the title of that was so perfect. <laughs> like, Be- being a leader that's easy to follow. That's e- yeah, yeah becoming, that people yeah. want to follow. Like, yeah. why would they want to follow you? Like you have the ability to lead and talk to people, but yeah, do sure. they want to follow you? That yeah. was intriguing to me. Um, and it was um, really really eye-opening um they challenged us and did some workshoppy things that made everybody in the room super uncomfortable because yep. nobody wants to do that <laughs> but it was done in such a way that it really did challenge your thought process yeah what, were, what was one of the workshoppy things um so we had to come up with our six words of you know what, invitation whoa yeah. oh that was right. a whole separate yeah. thing for me um but it was, what are six words? What's your invitation? Like, what are six things, six words you can say to somebody that's going to make them want to follow you? Mm. And like sitting in the room listening to like, there was like 50 of us, 60. There was, was a big. lot of people yeah, in packed. that room. They took the time and were very patient and had built that in to hear what other people, but it wasn't just tell me what your six words are. Right. Okay. What are yours? It was okay, what does that mean? Can you dig deeper into that? Mm. And it was really, really cool to hear how other people thought when it come to them being in leadership, especially in a church leadership position. It's, well, follow me to Jesus. Sure. Okay, that's not super inviting. But the invitation part being as important as once you've invited someone into this with you, you then have to flip that and challenge them to grow into that themselves. Yeah. That was a very cool takeaway. That's really awesome. That's really cool. So if there's one thing from that breakout that you would bring back and launch into Kidside, like what is something that you think that you could tangibly put boots on the ground from that session? Well, there has to be relationship and we work yeah. on that. So especially with kids, kids make it so much easier. Yeah. But in my role, not only am I teaching children, I'm also working with their parents and the other volunteers that are in the rooms. So it's multifaceted and we have to have that, that we have an impact on the kids, but we also have an impact on the parents and the families and how it all comes together and ties in. And they did a really good job at breaking all that down. And that is absolutely something we will be implementing in kids side, in the leadership, in the teachers, in the volunteers. Yeah. To that, grow that. That's really awesome. I know I had a few guys um, that I, I had asked if like, hey, what breakout are you going to? They were like, I don't know. I was like, why don't you go to this one? And when they came, the same one, being, mm-hmm. easier, that's, yeah. being a leader that's easy to follow, that people want to follow. And they came back with some phenomenal stuff. Uh, I, I'm i just blown away by all the different breakouts and all of our people and what they had to bring back from it, which was really cool. For sure. What about you, Jason? Which one did you go to? Yeah, so I uh, was hanging out with a couple guys, and they were going to that one, uh, the leadership Mm -hmm. one. And so I went to that, and I selfishly went just to get another opportunity to hear Dave Rhodes, who's my personal Yoda. (laughs) Dave's just smart and crystal clear and um, just really good at what he does and just loved walking through. It was some of the same material that they did at the staff leadership um, orientation on stuff like that. But walking through, I think, everything from, um, you know, the theme of the weekend to Awaken the Dream, one of the core values. And one of the things that just reinforces me anytime I'm around Dave, but in that workshop is clarity. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Just clarity is king. People will not 
follow so much conviction though we think they will yeah so we go hey you know what i need to do is i need to speak from a place of conviction and if people believe me they will follow Mm. that's partly true yeah people will always follow what is clearest yeah so that's could either be good or be bad but the big thing is just clarity is king and people are always compelled to follow clarity yeah that's really awesome I, I had an opportunity to, uh, my wife and I stayed in the in the main auditorium for Midtown where they did the Kingdom Dreams session Yeah, uh, with Ben Hardman and Matt Reynolds and they had a few other people come up and share. And dude, the amount of, the amount of practical application that can flow from something as simple as, so let me, let me just unpack what, what it was really quickly. Um, Hardman has said this, uh, and it's sort of like a vision or a word that God has given him um, to, to, he, he wants to help people awaken the kingdom dream that God has put inside of them. Um, and essentially, that is, whether it's a dream that is tied to the local church and serves the local church specifically within the walls of the building, or if it's a kingdom dream that serves outside the local church for God's kingdom in the community and the city around it. Yeah. And um, uh, coming alongside them to foster that dream, to help uh, run towards it, create a plan and a roadmap and help and assist and all of that. And I was just blown away by the, the they did the same thing uh, as in the being an easy, being a, a leader that's easy to follow, um, where they essentially said like, hey, raise your hand. What was a dream of yours? And rather than saying, OK, that's a cool dream and moving on, they'd be like, tell me more about that. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about your heart to foster and adopt. Um, and then Harbin was like, I, uh, that's my heart as well. And we've actually implemented that into our family. And and a back and forth with that was really, really cool to see. But I really loved this idea of the church empowering people, um, not not just from one or two areas on a Sunday morning to go and live their lives, but to come alongside them, whether it is an organization within the church or outside the church, but from a pastoral perspective to lead people into fulfilling the dream that God's put in their heart that brings heaven on earth, that brings the love of Jesus into a reality, whether it's a Little Arrows. I don't know if you guys heard about that. It was essentially a, yeah. a business that was started for... Um, essentially a group of people who uh, have kids and maybe single moms or something throughout the day or going through school and don't have anyone to watch their kids for a certain rate. They could come, let their kids play in this like quality playground indoor. And it's also a coffee shop. And they just had wonderful stories that were tied around that and seeing what God's kingdom looks like on earth as it is in heaven through dreams like that, that people have. And it was a really, really awesome time. So, and shout out to KDI, like Kingdom Dreams Initiative and Ben Hartman and Matt Reynolds and all the folks over there. That was a really awesome time. They're doing good stuff. They are really doing good stuff. Um, So let's talk about one big takeaway. Um, What was one big takeaway that you came away with from your time at Summit for your team or area of ministry? It could be the church as a whole, could just be one arm of kids side, whether it's nursery or something like that, or what's one big thing that you took away that you want to come home and actually implement and put boots on the ground with? Yeah, so we, uh, the board went up and got some training a few days before the summit with Danny, who's the chairman of the Grace Board that oversees kind of the Grace Churches. Yeah. And that was an incredible time for the board members to get empowered and to get clarity um, in light of those types of things. And so that was really, really fun at a practical boots on the ground equipping level. Um, For me, I think one of the core values of Grace was the theme of summit. Which is awaken the dream, that yeah. Ephesians passage that God has placed a dream in every heart yeah. that equips and expands the kingdom of God. And I think for me, the big takeaway, I've been thinking about the difference between a dream and a vision yeah. and all of these things. 
And when do you dream? You dream when you're sleeping and sleeping denotes rest. And so the idea that you you can only dream from a place of rest. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why people have midlife crisis because they've been working, they've been married, they've been raising these kids, they've been grind, 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 grind. And then they get to a season of their life where they're like, oh, what's my purpose? Like, what am I going to do? I'll go buy a Corvette or they do, <laughs> you know, something crazy. And we call that a midlife crisis. And in reality, it's because there's no dream for the life. And yeah. so for me, it wasn't, Focusing on the kingdom dream, though that comes, the kingdom dream comes and surfaces as a byproduct of rest and identity and those things. Yeah. So that was a really big takeaway for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. How about Nick, you, Nick? What about you? Well, for for me, it was Grace does such a great job of focusing on the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. We're here, we're doing the work, and we do get caught up sometimes in that daily grind. But to be able to pause and recognize, and I had two of my nursery, I had three of my nursery managers, three of four were able to go, which was huge. That was a big deal. Yeah, such a big deal. Yeah. Um, Watching them learn through this leadership process, watching them tour another facility to just see. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like for me, when we went into one of the rooms, I'm like, oh my gosh, they have a massive amount of clutter too. And it's chaotic. <laughs> and it's a kid's space. So it's supposed to, mom. Look at all know those that. markers. Yes. Yeah, right. It's exactly, it's supposed to. But knowing that there was such a focus on the next generation, watching yeah. the people who are going to take over my job, even though I've been here for five whole seconds, <laughs> they're going to do it so much better than I am mm. because they're getting this training and they're learning these things. But even for our church as a whole here in Poplar Bluff, yeah, the fact we had 24 people, and we actually had more, yeah. but life happens. We had 24 people take time out of their life. Yeah, yeah. PTO days, man. Spend yeah. their own money to come down and actually want to be a part of this yeah. was just such a God thing. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the only reason, like... To drive to Atlanta. No one wants to drive to Atlanta. They want to drive through Atlanta. <laughs> yes. But we wanted to hang out there. And it was just that whole, the whole experience was just beautiful to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically, knowing that, like, I was able to touch base with uh, Megan, who does my job there at Midtown, at Grace Midtown. There's commonality and there's reassurance when you have other people who do your job and you can touch base that when you are not alone. No. <laughs> and but it was it was fun. Good. It was so fun. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. That's really cool. I think the biggest takeaway for me was just the just the overall I mentioned it earlier, just the overall um, refreshment and excitement that came from just being around Grace, whether it was Summit or Marietta on Sunday morning. Like that that was one thing I was telling my wife on our drive back is like there there was not Marietta's one of the older campuses and like they're they're still in the process of like reconstructing some things and stuff in terms of like the building and all of that, um, but there was not a lot that was different mm-hmm. on Marietta on Sunday morning uh, from Summit on Saturday. Like the culture was the same, the the language was the same, the worship environment was the same, and you could just got this sense like what you saw at Summit. I was telling my wife this wasn't like 
wasn't like a youth camp, like with the smoke machine and the laser right. lights. Like what we saw at Summit is what we saw on Sunday morning um, at Marietta. And so to know that, that that refreshment, that excitement, that celebration, the, the, the genuine interest and commonality among people to ask questions to greet. Yeah. I mean, we have people come up to us and like pray with us and ask us where we're from and recognize us from Summit and asked how we were doing, all that stuff. It was really awesome. And I really loved that. And one of my big takeaways was that as well as just this desire. Um, we were talking about dreams and staff meeting this morning and this this rekindled desire to create again, um, to see how, how creativity uh, was really used in a really wonderful way to kind of guide us in a structured way that was also organic and, and uh I don't know how else to describe it. There was structure, there was freedom, there was, it was organic, it was biblical, it was all of those things woven together. And so I just had a fire lit under me to come out of a season of maybe not creating very much for the last year and a half to two years Mm. to launch back into a season of, of doing what I believe is a part of the kingdom dream in my heart that God's given me is to create things that tie, that are tied to and centered on Jesus. Yeah. So that was a really, really awesome, awesome thing. I want to talk a little bit about uh, David David Rhodes' closing message for us. Um, I didn't put this in the actual like lineup of what we were going to talk about, but I do want to talk about um, sort of the difference between devastation, total destruction, and then maybe a different pathway, and he used three different words. Um, so w- we can include this graphic in the show notes for you guys. Um, it's essentially a drawing, and there's like a start uh, and all of this is sort of tied to Joel 2 and the people of Israel and the tribe of Judah have a couple things going on. They're essentially experiencing this devastation from locusts that have destroyed the crops and the economy. And there's also impending doom from an, a northern army that might come and destroy them. And so there's this moment of feeling devastated. They're in the midst of devastation, but then they're also maybe looking in the eyes of total destruction that could be worse than what the locusts have come to destroy their crops and their economy and all of that. And Rhodes did a fantastic job of sort of walking us through what this kingdom life looks like in this pathway from devastation to like multiplication and empowerment of people within the church to move forward in God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so I want to talk about that. We, the way that this graph looks, if you see it in the show notes, it starts with devastation. And we were essentially asked, when was a time in your life or maybe in your church that you felt completely devastated and that total destruction maybe was on the horizon? And there are two paths. One path is total destruction, and the other path walks through sort of a rise and fall and rise again with like squiggles at the top right that sort of annotate <laughs> yeah. like sanctification and, and uh, this constant up and down, uh, but it's kind of in an upward trend. And so those three steps from devastation are one, purification, which comes with innovation. Secondly is, I'm sorry, uh, comes with repentance. Mm-hmm. The second one was restoration, and that comes with innovation. And then the last one is multiplication, which comes with empowerment, the empowerment of others. And so I want to unpack those three things and maybe ask like where we are. Um, I know we talked about this in staff personally. Uh, Maybe we can talk about personally in church, but where do you guys see in your areas of ministry where we're at on this graph? Maybe if we view COVID as the devastation and the locusts and maybe the coming armies from the north, where do you think we're at or your level of ministry is at in terms of the purification, restoration, multiplication on that graph? Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. I think Dave did such a good job of, of recognizing and knowing who was in the room 
and who is in the room were either pastors or staff, key volunteers, or board members yeah. who have just gone through and are in the brutal season of COVID and church. Yeah. So whether it be like I know the Midtown campus is in downtown Atlanta. Yeah. They've had mask mandates since day one. Yeah. And so having to adjust and having to pivot to that and just understanding that everybody in the room is really tired from that season and they really feel that their ministries are either stagnant or aren't growing fruit and so i so appreciated that that word in joel too and then just the promise that that god's going to restore the years that COVID have eaten away and god's going to do something out of that and so when when he looked at that uh, or wrote that, you know, kind of chart, and um, I looked at that. You know, he used the word tragedy, which is big. You know, it's like a big word. But yeah. I think for me, understanding that the devastation that COVID caused is it was a sifting, mm. and and what I mean by that is, you know, studies have shown that if if somebody was a average attender when COVID happened they became a irregular attender. Yeah. If somebody was not committed, and, and by the way, the average uh, person who's considered an average churchgoer yeah. goes to church like two, almost three times a month. I think that, it's like the average family of four. Goes that, like, that's yeah. like the average attendance. Yeah. So if somebody was already um, sparse in attending, yeah. they were almost gone at that point. And I think what becomes so difficult about that is you you were trying to like wrangle sand or water during yeah. COVID. People weren't around. You didn't have the centralized weekend gathering. So it exposed a lot of things. And so I think for me, it was that sifting of that devastation and then being able to go back and go, okay, how do we pivot from here and still love people and still accomplish the vision on that? Yeah, that's really good. So where on that graph would you say that um, either maybe from preaching or teaching or anything like that, but in terms of COVID, if COVID's the devastation or the tragedy, where on those steps, one, two, three, purification, restoration, multiplication, do you do you see that? Yeah, I would say, you know, personally, it's a different answer, but when it comes to my position, yeah. I would say that we're coming into innovation yeah. with the goal of empowering multiplication and empowering other people from a plurality, a plurality of leadership, yeah. including other people in decision-making, having board members on Sunday, having all of those types of things now, realizing from the devastation that this cannot be centralized leadership. It's got to be a plurality of leadership. Yeah. And so I would say we're hopefully on that upper crest and then going into empowerment. Yeah, that's awesome. Nick, what about you? I feel like our children's ministry, because, you know, they don't get to say, hey, mom, we're going to church today. Right. It's like, are we going to church today? Yeah, they, sure. they don't know. And I really feel like we are absolutely in that same spot. We're coming out of something that was very uncertain, but we finally yeah. have... Kids need rhythm. They need routines. Yeah. They need that structure Amen. in order to thrive. When they don't have it, it's chaos in them and their behaviors show it. So I really feel like in this time, we have slowly, slowly <laughs> been able to create those rhythms. And every Sunday, it gets a little better yeah. and it gets a little better. 
And we do a wrap up every Sunday after the kids have left yeah. with the leadership that have been in the rooms that day. And that's something that we're just now seeing the fruit of and hearing from those volunteers is, hey, the kids knew the routine of the day. It's good. Yeah. They understood, hey, we're going to go to, ta- oh, that meant snack time. Or, hey, we're going to go to carpet. Oh, that's story time. They're understanding the flow of it, which seems simple. But those habits that we're putting in two and three-year-olds yeah. will become adults that read their Bible without giving it a second thought. Let's and go. that's... That's the plan. Yeah. That's we the use, goal. We, we use the one good thing at our house. I picked, the hey. kid, I picked the kids up yesterday from school, and I said, well, it was one good thing. Andy said, she goes, well, I do this in school, and this is what I said. And Roman said, he goes, we don't do that in middle school anymore. I only do that in kids' side. Oh. So it's, but it's a great tool. It's awesome, Nick. Wow. You're killing it, man. Well, yeah. as adults, it's easy to get bogged down in the to-do list, the things I didn't do, right. you know. Yeah. Stop and focus on just one good thing God has done for you. It's yeah. not as hard as we make it. Yeah. And the kids get that quicker than the it's adults good. do. And There's a lot great. of bad news out there to look at. It's yeah. refreshing to, to say the one good thing. One good thing. If I just find one. There's more than one. There's more than one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved I loved Rhodes' um, sermon and, and breakdown of Joel. And then he also walked through like Mark 1, 2, and 3 and mm-hmm. saw how Jesus kind of walked us through uh, this last step, which moved into multiplication and empowerment to the disciples and to the church in the early Acts, the early church in the book of Acts. And I would say for me, uh, in my area of ministry, um, with with the worship team and worship leading and stuff, I think we've we've made our way through this purification and, uh, uh, with repentance and kind of like seeing how the sifting has happened and, and all of that. And then we're kind of right there on that turn to restoration and innovation, coming up with some things that we can implement and and maybe make some changes uh, for the better that, that are just healthy overall. And I think that's kind of where we're at in terms of the team is just moving into restoration and innovation, which, man, that that graph, like at first I looked at it and I was like, what is going to happen with yeah. this graph yeah. this booklet? But it's so awesome to see those those visualizations and to see it done so clearly. Um, I'd love to talk about what's one thing from from that closing session uh, with Dave Rhodes uh, speaking and then maybe even um, uh, who's the guy who spoke with uh, Undivided? Um, I forgot know. the guy's name. Oh man, that was incredible! Uh, yeah, undivided. Did you guys? So let's let's two part this. What what's one thing you remember and took away um, from the tragedy, destruction, um, uh, Joel two, Mark one, two, and three from Dave Rhodes, and then maybe the closing interview with the guy from Undivided, Chuck uh, Mingo. Thank Chuck you. I was Mingo. like Mingo yep. was yeah. clicking, but maybe yep. it's a quote you wrote down or something that you uh, just drew and and is still sticking with you from that session, uh, both with Dave Rhodes or with Chuck Mingo. Um, So Dave Rhodes mentioned, and he's a phenomenal speaker, and clarity, I think, is huge. Jason, you nailed that. He has a way of making you understand what he wants you to understand. It's not manipulative, but he is just so concise in his message that you can't rabbit trail any other way. Um, But he said he brought back to when you're in this destruction or you're in this, he relegated it back to when he personally had covid yeah. And he said he was speaking to a nurse and she said, you've got to get up and you've got to keep moving. Yeah. When you're in that destruction, when you're in the hard, it's easy to want to sit and feel your pain and yeah. not do anything yeah. because, you know, just yeah. be miserable. He said that's how the pneumonia settles yeah. in the lungs. Yeah. Stagnation. The, mm. Stagnation. That's a great word. When we're in the, the hard, don't be stagnant. Mm. Keep moving. Yep. 
Um, I hang out with little people. So my brain went to Dory and just keep swimming. <laughs> yes. And that was the, what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but it was so very true when, it, when things are hard, how are you moving was something that I was asking myself, like when it's rough, when it's hard, how are you going to move? It's good. Yeah. It's really good. It's really, really good. What about you, Jason? Yeah, man, I agree with Nick. There was everything that he said that was really good. There were two key sentences that that I loved. Um, when he talked about when you're going through the devastation and you're in the tragedy and the tragedy is happening, sometimes, you know, you don't, it almost seems like you don't have hope or you don't have faith. Yeah. And he says, sometimes you need to leverage your faith for tomorrow from what God did yesterday. Yeah. So because you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow because you're so consumed with the devastation that's happening now. Yeah. You go back and remember God's faithfulness and that propels your faith forward. Yeah. And then the second one was, it's not the death, it's the purification. Mm. And when you're in the purification process and God is revealing, like COVID was a sifting. And so imagine an earthquake, if COVID is the earthquake, nothing that was nailed down or secure toppled over and broke. And in that purification process, it reveals what's not nailed down and it toppled over and broke. Yeah. And man, when, when you go through that, you feel like it's a failure. You feel like this didn't happen. This business didn't launch. This yeah. program didn't succeed or anything like that. But the reality is, is that it, you're being purified. Yeah. And so th those two statements were crystal clear to me. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I loved what he said about leveraging the faith of others uh, on, a, on a day that you don't have faith, Yeah, mm -hmm. um, which I absolutely loved. But I really loved his his definition um, of kairos. Kairos is a word you've heard us use. Um, it's not chronos, which is clock time, but it's kairos, like an appointed time. And the way that he has, we've sort of defined it as a, as a moment in time where where God is at work, how it like noticing God moving and being present and at work, whether it's in an emotion or, or a thought or a feeling or something like that. What is God doing in that moment, in that kairos moment? But he defined it as God's timing in the midst of time, mm. which I absolutely loved, like like God's appointed time, God's timing in this season. And man, I had a huge Kairos moment this this weekend. I believe that this is a Kairos for us as a church, God's appointed time in the midst of time, that we are now a part of the Grace family, that we are now joined into this community with a common goal and a common vision, and we are part of something that makes much of Jesus. And I absolutely yeah. love that. Absolutely. Not that we weren't before, but I love that we're part of this. I love absolutely. that we're part of the Grace, so that was really big for me. For sure. Um, that's really awesome. If there was, if there was one thing, and we're going to be wrapping up here in a minute, if there was one thing overall uh, that you could say was your favorite part of Summit, or just the trip in general, what would that be and why? I think for me, apart from just the camaraderie, getting to hang out with people in the, in the hotel and just, you know, I think you said it earlier, just going on a trip with people and downtime and stuff like that. That was a ton of fun. But I think I genuinely love these other pastor guys. And so the fact that I get to be around them, like I'm excited. It's not like being a part of a committee or a board or something and you're like well we've got a meeting and womp, bop, 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 bop. like right. it was i laugh with those guys they're friends we text we hang out and so 
I just breathed this weekend. And Courtney was like, I looked over and you guys were cutting up. And she said, I was happy. And I was like, I, I, I am too. And so I love those guys. It was a ton, a ton of fun for awesome. sure. Awesome. What about you, Nick? I really enjoyed just watching. So Grace Midtown has a very unique setup. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was a love-hate among us yes, Westsiders. Like, yes, wasn't. it was. So um, for those of you that weren't there, their stage, pulpit, whatever you want, is in the middle of yeah. the room. Smack and dab. Centered. You are sitting in pews circling it. So you are looking at someone's back, someone's front, and it is very unique. Um, part of me loved it. Parts of me didn't. Um, they did it good. They had a lot of visual aids, and you could see things around the room. But being in that room and experiencing and watching other people pray together, worship, just to be, you you see more. Sure. Yeah. It's not, you're sitting, I have the, the spiritual gift of, that Jason Jordan calls it of ADD. Yeah. So when I'm in, when I actually get to sit in service, I sit to the front, not because I'm closer to Jesus. It's because there's less distractions. Yes. Yeah. I will fix all kinds of things in my head and wonder all sorts of my, I will just completely, <laughs> completely get distracted. And yes, that happened a little down there. Yeah. But it was really cool just to see when you don't experience that in the daily because you're in your home church, you're doing your home church work. Sure. To watch other people gather together, yeah. pray, other families, husbands and wives holding hands. It was just... To be a part of a worship service that you had no part right. in. Yeah. There was like, no work gosh, for us to do. That was awesome. new. That's yeah. awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Yeah, that was that was probably my biggest takeaway was coming and being led, mm. um, not just individually, but as a church. Um, what's Jolie up? has some really cool pictures of you and Kayla. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. You guys were sitting in a spot where she could get some pictures of you guys. <laughs> Very cool. And yeah, That's awesome. She's got some pictures of you guys. Yeah, it, w- it was a great time to just be led. I loved being led in worship by now our our fellow worship leaders and worship pastors across the Grace family. That was a really a, a really fun and refreshing moment. And like I've said repetitively, just the just the welcoming atmosphere yeah. and and the love and the curiosity and all of that. It was it was really really refreshing. Those were my favorite parts from from Summit. Um, that it was a wonderful weekend. We had a great time. Um, uh, my my wife and I got a chance to go to Marietta on Sunday and hear a guest speaker. Uh, that guy was great. Loved Ben Hardman seeing him as well. And then. Uh, a few other people there, but it, it was such a great time getting to do that and then bounce home. But um, Summit was a fantastic time. I love that we had an opportunity to go and sort of see everything, to be an op- have an opportunity to go and join in the Grace family physically and yeah. not just from, you know, 450. How many miles away are we from there? I don't remember. Eight hours. Yeah, it's a yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you hit traffic in Chattanooga and Nashville, you can do it in 10 and a half. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, for those of you who or wondering if any of that was recorded, there's yeah. a link in the show notes of the live stream. The recordings and breakout sessions will go live yeah. on the Grace um, website. But as of right now in the show notes, you'll yep. be able to see that YouTube link. And it's really long. It's like four hours, but it's just a consecutive live stream of yeah. the two main sessions. Yeah, super awesome. Check that out. Give that a look and a listen. Um, that's it for Grace and Summit. Nick, thanks for coming and hanging hey, out. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. awesome to sit at 
at a table of three today. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to We're back to normal this weekend. Yep. We've, got, we've got our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'll be uh, continuing again in our new year, new family we'll sermon. We're talking about marriages marriage, this Sunday. So it'll marriage, be good, man. The it'll big, be good. The coolest thing in the world is being married. Right. Um, come and listen to that. Come and join us and worship and gather with us at 10 a.m. Um, we've got all the all the necessary things. If you got a baby, we got a cry room available for you. If you need a mask, they're at the door. We've got all the stuff available for you there. And uh, you can also catch us on our live stream at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live as well. Catch this podcast and any of our sermons as well on the rest of the sermon podcast or West Sides podcast, which is just anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. I want to read from uh, from us. I want to I want to read from uh, Psalm chapter 28 before we close. Uh, unless we're missing anything, is there anything else coming up that I'm missing that I nope, forgot? I think that's it, man. All right, yeah. sweet. Psalm chapter 28. To you, O Lord, I call, my rock. Be not, sorry, the highlighter in my Bible is really dark. Be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help and when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. And then listen to these words. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Amen. Forever. I chose that passage. I just I'm thankful that we are now a, we are now part of a people, the Grace family, and the Lord is our strength. He's the one who saves us and guides us and shepherds us and carries us forever. So awesome. Thanks again for listening, guys. As always, um, if you have any questions, you can send those to info at westsidepb.org. Please send those questions in. We'd love to answer them. And whether they're awkward or whether they're not awkward, just send them in and we'll give them an answer. Uh, If there's anything else you want to know about us, you can go to westsidepb.org. And as always, may everything that we say and do be all about Jesus. We love you guys. Peace. Toodles. Thank you. Say bye. Bye.